0: Hello, story lovers. I've come to you today bearing the gifts of Aristotle. I'm going to be talking to you about poetics. Poetics is a dense piece of writing. We all know this, right? (laughs) Um, But the components of poetics are so important. They've laid the groundwork for everything that screenwriters need to know about writing a compelling screenplay even though he was writing about poetic tragedies of the time the way that he laid down the instructions on how to construct a compelling plot is more important than any current day book you could possibly read so i am going to go through poetics And pick out the most important aspects of the book. I will be reading excerpts when it's necessary, but to keep it from being too tedious, I'll paraphrase and make pertinent points. I highly recommend giving Reading Poetics yourself a shot. However, we're all very busy people, so this is sort of like Cliff Notes version of poetics. So here goes. Poetics was Aristotle's attempt at documenting how to tell a story. And there's a lot of mention in the book about his contemporary writers at the time and what he thinks of the styles of their writing and comparing and contrasting um, all of the different styles of writing of the day. That part of poetics is not that important to us right now. It's interesting right? This is a piece of text that's 2000 years old. That's interesting, but it's not pertinent to screenwriting. So deciphering what's important and what's not is the first hurdle of poetics. So chapter one, the only thing you probably need to know about chapter one is that he says this epic poetry and tragedy, comedy, dithyrambic poetry, music are all in their general conception modes of imitation. The idea, the concept that what we do as artists is engage in modes of imitation is what you need to wrap your head around when it comes to poetics. We offer imitations of ourselves to learn, to provide healing. All different art forms are modes of imitation of life. They differ, he says, in the medium the objects so that they imitate and the matter and the mode of imitation. But for all intents and purposes, the art form is imitation. He goes on to say, since the objects of imitation are men in action, and let's just pause right there. So the thing about poetics is that every quarter sentence is so mind-boggling important that it, it is so hard to get through. So he says, since the objects of imitation are men in action, Right then and there, you have to understand that what you're writing about are your characters in action. When you're thinking about your story, what is the action of your story? What are your characters doing? The other important part about section two is comedy aims at representing men as worse, whereas tragedy as better than actual life. So when you think about tragedy, comedy, drama, comedy in that way, it's very interesting. Comedy aims at representing men as worse than we are and tragedy as better than. And what he's doing is he's just laying down the building blocks of how to tell a story and the different ways to tell a story, which had never been truly documented in this way before. In chapter four, he says something wonderful. The instinct of imitation is implanted in man from childhood. Objects which we view with pain, we delight to contemplate such as the forms of the most ignoble animals and of dead bodies. The cause of this again is to learn gives the liveliest pleasure to learn gives the liveliest pleasure. Maybe the reason why we love serial killer shows is because we're learning something about ourselves as we're trying to figure out how these people could do the things they've done. Chapter six is where we start to get into the real meat and bones of what we do as screenwriters. Chapter six is when everything becomes very important. Aristotle says tragedy, drama, drama is an imitation of an action. It has to have magnitude through the form of action, not narrative through pity and fear affecting the proper catharsis of these emotions. And then the rest of the next few chapters, he's going to explain to us how to accomplish this. One of the most important properties of plot That Aristotle has given us is the idea that plot is the arrangement of your incidents. The way he puts it is this, plot is the imitation of the action, and by plot, he means the arrangement of the incidents. And when he says incident, what he means is a story beat. It's what we know in modern day terms as a beat in the story, the event of a scene. What is the incidents? What are the incidents of your story that push your plot forward? And he goes on to list all of the different aspects of storytelling. And what he says is that the most important of all of them is the structure of the incidents. Because tragedy is an imitation of action and of life and life consists in action. And while character can determine men's qualities, it's by their actions that they are happy or not. And I just want to sit with that for a moment. Don't skip over these um, thoughts, really sit with them and let them sink in without action, there cannot be drama. For plot is the soul of a tragedy. Plot is the soul of your drama. I talk a lot about how story is what happens and plot is how it happens. And the whole entire writing by structure philosophy is that story and plot are not the same thing. But I never mean to imply that plot is not as important as story. So story is a cathartic journey. Right? It's how you tell a cathartic story by putting your heroes on the path of a journey. And it's a picture, it's a painting of what this beautiful story looks like. And then the plot is how you arrange the incidents to make that story the most powerful that it could possibly be. They go hand in hand, they help each other. So when he says arrangement of the incidents, What he means is that they must be arranged in a way that produces cause and effect. And again, in poetics itself, there are tons of other valuable pieces of information on character. And he talks a little bit about the differences between tragedies and comedies and and lots of great stuff in poetics. But I'm keeping this podcast focused on story. And plot because this is the Story Love podcast. So we're only going to focus on the parts of poetics that talk about how to create a great story and how to tell it well. He talks about the whole of a story having a beginning, a middle, and an end. I've talked about this a lot. There are um, some videos that I've put on YouTube talking about this. And you just, de- the fact that when you describe a story, As having a beginning, a middle, and an end, it seems basic, but what he's talking about is the action of your story. So if your story is an action, then the beginning, middle, and an end refers to that action. And that is how you figure out how to start your story, what the midpoint is, and what the end is. It's when right before the action begins, during the action, and when the action ends, your story's over and you keep your story that condensed, that claustrophobic, I am telling one story through one action line that has a beginning, a middle, and an end that pertains to that action. And so when you keep your story that condensed, the goal is to have unity of plot, which is another thing I talk about a lot. Unity of plot or the structural union of the parts means that if any one of them is displaced or removed the whole will be disturbed. The whole will fall. A thing whose presence or absence makes no visible difference is not an organic part of the whole. So every single scene in the story of your action causes the next to happen so that no scene can exist that doesn't belong. There's wonderful stuff in here about how to think about story as something that may happen, not necessarily what has happened. You know, there's an old saying, don't let reality get in the way of a good story. You mean there's only so far you could take that. But at the same time, the idea is you don't have to tell things that have happened or could logically happen. What you have to do is create the world in which the thing you're trying to tell could happen. You create a very specific world where the things that you want to happen could happen. And then you stick to the rules of that world and propose that this could happen. And let me tell you how this could happen, as opposed to, I need to stick to telling the story of things that have happened. Two of the most powerful components of story that Aristotle talks about in poetics as well is reversal and recognition. So a story has to be whole. It has to be cathartic, right? It has to have unity of plot. This is what we've learned so far. A story has to be whole. It has to have magnitude. There has to be unity of plot. It has to be a cause and effect arrangement of your incidents. One incident leads to the next, leads to the next. This is what we're learning about how to think about your plot. If your plot includes a reversal and a recognition, you will have a much more powerful plot on your hands. The way that Aristotle describes reversal is a reversal of the situation is a change by which the action veers around to its opposite. So the way that I like to sum that up is by saying... When your character gets the thing that they want the most, it turns out to be the worst possible thing for them. It seals their fate. When your character gets the thing that they wanted most, it seals their tragic fate. That's a reversal, not just a twist in a story. What you thought you wanted was the thing that destroyed you. And recognition goes hand in hand with reversal um he goes on to describe all of the many different ways a reversal and recognition can happen together you know there can be an there can be a reversal and your fate is determined your death is determined the tragedy is determined and when you realize what has happened that is the recognition there are stories that don't have recognition they only have a reversal but the main character doesn't realize that they've just sealed their fate But not all stories will will provide a viewer with a reversal, but it's a great goal to have if you're telling a tragedy or certainly a drama, thrillers, horrors, but more thrillers. I refer to Seven a lot. Brad Pitt's character wanted so badly to solve the case and having it be over with, but in solving the case and in ending John Doe's work, it seals his fate as being a murderer and the death of his wife. Aristotle talks about how the arrangement of the incidents and the cause and effect structure brings about a change in of fortunes for your character from good to bad or bad to worse. So inherent in this is as you're arranging your plot and saying, what is the incident that happens in this scene that causes the next scene to happen? And does that work out well for my character or worse for my character? It should be changing in every scene. It should be either getting better and better or worse and worse or worse to bad. But the fortunes of your character needs to be changing. It's another great way of looking at how you arrange your plot. So once again, the writing by structure process is you find your story first, and then you arrange the incidents of your plot to fit the story. You don't change your story to fit your plot, right? Story is the picture of the building. Plot is what screws you're going to use to fit the right beams, if you don't have the right beams or screws, you're not going to change the blueprint of the building. The building is beautiful. What can we do to create that beautiful building to sit here and look at every single scene and make sure one scene is causing the next to happen to create the outcome of my story? Very difficult when I'm, I'm talking about is so hard, but it's also why it's so rewarding when you see a great story. And that's as far as we're going to take it today. I know this stuff can seem a little complicated, so we'll just take it um, in pieces. And that is the end of part one, and we'll pick it up again next week.